Welcome everyone. It's good to see you and great to be outdoors again together hanging out and thank you to the classes man this uh this is fantastic great space so cool so um yeah we've been in this uh series um on genres so we're looking at proverbs so we'll start there proverbs chapter one so if you have your device with you or a physical bible we're going to look at proverbs we're just going to look at chapter one verse seven mostly and we'll look at we'll touch a couple other verses in Proverbs. Um, so what is, what is wisdom? What is wisdom literature? What is wisdom to begin with? Let's see if we can come up with some definitions for it. What would you, what would you say wisdom is? Knowledge. Okay. Understanding because of the past circumstances. Yeah. What else? The deeper truth. Okay. Discernment. Okay. Discernment. Um, yeah, I would say, and I was going to say actually about discernment. So many people have defined wisdom as knowledge and the application of that knowledge equals wisdom. So it's just not knowledge, but it's how you apply it that people would call wisdom. So a lot of people have defined it that way. And I wouldn't say that that's wrong. I would say, yeah, that's part, certainly part of it. But I think I think that that that's more discernment, perhaps, than it is even wisdom. Um, wisdom is something else. Think of Yoda. How many Star Wars uh, fans here? People have watched Star Wars, know about Yoda. Okay. How about um, uh, Lord of the Rings? Okay, Gandalf. Okay. So think in those terms. Um, think of Jesus the course person of wisdom himself um what they did and this is how i would look at wisdom is they actually knew the rules of the game of life that were defined by the culture but also saw beyond that and were calling people to a, a different way of actually seeing life and engaging in life because if you follow the rules of the game and the game keeps producing some outcomes that are not positive, it's insanity to keep repeating it, right? We've all heard of the definition of insanity. It's insanity to keep repeating it. But the thing is, if you don't even see what's wrong and you just keep living life and you think, well, this is just life, right? This is sort of like that cynical approach to life. Like, well, this is just life. You, you, uh, same, you know, same old, same old every single day. And then eventually you die and that's the end of it. And that cynical approach to life is one way that some people, in fact, there was a whole school of philosophy back in ancient Greece that was called cynicism. Uh, another one was called skepticism. And, um, and eventually it became much more of what it is today, which is that view of life that is just the way it is. And so if you don't see that there's another way, you don't believe that there's another way, um, you are not functioning from a place of wisdom, you're functioning from something else. It's a, you might call it a kind of wisdom, but it's a wisdom that wouldn't be the kind that the scriptures or that Jesus himself would talk about. Um, it was a way of seeing the game of life and saying there's a different way. And there's a different way and you can get there. That's the other part. Because people would acknowledge, yeah, there might be a different way, but it's not for me. I'm never going to get there. A sort of pessimistic approach to life. And for Jesus, it's no, you can get there. And you can get there, you can begin now. In the Proverbs, the whole Proverbs 
um, book is about that, that you have that capacity. You can grow. You can change. You can see things differently and have different outcomes in life. Um, and so that's the reason why the first, one of the first big sort of um, bits of the framework of, of Proverbs, if you want to think of Proverbs as having a framework, the framework would be the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's repeated multiple times in the book of Proverbs. And it is the framework on which Proverbs is hung. It's like the rest of it is explanation of what that looks like. But foundationally, it begins with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay. This, I would suggest, and track with me if you can, I would suggest is in contrast to the failure of Adam and Eve in eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it's that I want to know, and I want to know more. And Proverbs 1, 7 is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let me explain a little bit more what I mean by that contrast. So let's ask ourselves a question of what does the fear of the Lord mean? Now, growing up, it was very clear to me that the fear of the Lord meant be scared, <laughs> be very afraid because God is coming to get you. If you fail, you will pay some serious consequences. How many have understood the fear of the Lord to be in that light? Yeah, be afraid, be afraid. Follow the rules, right? If you don't follow the rules, God will get you. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise knowledge and instruction. Right? So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is the fear of the Lord? I'm going to propose two things that are meant by that. Um, one is that the fear of the Lord is not necessarily that there's a God that's going to get you, but that there are consequences to everything you do in life. Your life is by design, whether it's intentional or unintentional. What we do, even with the hand that we're dealt, even with the surprises, the accidents, the problems that come our way, all of it, our response to it is the result results in certain consequences to life. So there's consequences to everything. And so you don't need to necessarily look at it as God's going to get you as much as like, what the heck is that? Oh, the sprinkler <laughs> just started. <laughs> we are outdoors, folks. <laughs> um, so... Uh, so the, the consequences are there. So that's how I would look at the fear of God. So think of this in, in your life, you have certain things like you have to, uh, you get fired from a job that, that happens to people or the, the company downsizes and you lose your job. And this time you ask yourself, and maybe you've done this before. I'm sure you have, you've asked yourself, geez, what do I really want to do next? How many of you have ever done that? You've lost your job. You've Something, something happened, and the next question that was on your mind was after you thought of, like, I got to survive and I got to feed my family, is you've thought of, what do I really want to do? How many have ever asked yourself that question? What do I really want to do with my life? That's a wisdom question. That's a question of the deeper wisdom of what do you want to do? And this is what happens to us all the time, that there are, there are events that come our way, and we ask ourselves a deeper question. But if you're living a certain way in your life and it's producing, a, and it always does, it produces certain outcomes. Everything you do produces outcomes. And so if you eat a certain way and you don't care and you eat like, I'm going to eat sweets even at night just before I go to bed, it has consequences. 
Um, and we don't, we may not like to hear that, but we know, okay, it does create some, it has an effect on me. At some point, you know, you, know, you pay for those consequences and then you can ask yourself the, the greater question, the deeper question, do I wanna continue doing this? Do I want a different outcome? And so the fear of the Lord is to understand that to everything we do, however we behave, whatever way we treat other people, how we speak about other people, it has consequences to it. And so uh, the proverb writer is, is asking the bigger question, are you aware of the consequences of how you're living? Do you have any fear or respect or understanding that your behavior whatever it is you do, however you respond to life, does have consequence to it. So that would be the first thing I would propose. The second thing, which I wish I'd said was first because it's actually um, more obvious in this, is the fear of the Lord is to believe that there is someone that knows something that you don't, that possesses some knowledge that is greater than what you possess. And that you see over and over again, because even the failure to respond to wisdom, the proverb writer says, only fools despise that, despise wisdom and instruction, meaning that they believe they know everything. Right? Uh, I would propose that there are sort of two extremes. On one end, there are those who believe absolutely dogmatically they know, and they can't be taught. They are so sure of what they know. They are so sure about this political issue. They are so sure about this issue or that issue. They have absolute knowledge about this. At least that's the way they approach life. Proverbs would say you're a fool. <laughs> Plain and simple. Proverbs would say that's foolish. That's foolish. That's not the fear of the Lord. Right? And so there's that approach. The other approach is I'm so afraid I don't know anything that I don't have an opinion and I don't move. I get paralyzed by that fear. And that also has its consequences. And both really are, this, are two sides of the same coin. Whereas for wisdom, it is, and you can see this in wisdom literature, it is both the insight in a greater awareness. So the rules of the game that you're playing are producing these results. There's a greater awareness. I realize I'm in a game and it's not doing good for me. And I need to step out of that. There's that wisdom. And then there's the, how do I begin to act now? That's wisdom. It is both knowledge and action. It's both. Because you can't know everything until you start to move. But you also need to have greater understanding or you're going to keep repeating the same thing. So it's knowledge, new understanding, and then action on that understanding. How do I live differently? How do I be begin to live differently? So... Two things here in the fear of the Lord. One is there is someone who knows something I do not know. <laughs> in other words, I don't know everything and knowledge is out there and wisdom is out there. It's a humility. It's a humility in our approach to everything in life. Whilst, and you know what's wonderful about that? You can have more confidence in moving forward when you just accept that. Or you just say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know but I'm gonna still move forward because there's grace in all of that. And we're gonna learn as we move forward. And I'm open to learning. Otherwise it's like, a, I know. And once you start there, by the way, once you start in the, I know, now you have to defend that. You're all, you set yourself up to have to argue that instead of being open to learning, to understanding, to seeing things in different ways. That's why I've been challenging people 
um, stop looking or listening to everything that the media and everybody else, stop reading all this other stuff about your neighbor. Start getting to know your neighbor. That's <laughs> what Jesus said, yet we don't, we don't do it very well, right? None of us do. It's like start meeting your neighbor, loving your neighbor, because once you do, what happens to you? You see things differently. Your understanding develops. You get greater wisdom because you're actually loving your neighbor as yourself and you're moving forward. So two things. One, again, is there's something or someone that knows something that I don't yet know, and I approach life with that humility. And the second piece of the fear of the Lord is that there are consequences to everything. And so do I recognize that? Not do I, do I like get so scared of making a mistake, but do I recognize that there are consequences to life? And that in that, there's also lots of grace, that today's a brand new day, and I get to start right from here, and I get to move forward in a new way. And that's the wonderful thing. This isn't about like, you're bad, you're wrong, you should change, you know, it's not that. It's do you recognize it so that you can begin to move forward and grow in grace, uh, because we're, we're always going to be imperfect in our, in our moving forward. So, so that's a, I would start with that, the fear of the Lord. Um, is the beginning of wisdom in that way. Um, so the question is then, how do we gain wisdom? How do we attain wisdom? Well, the interesting thing is that wisdom, Proverbs 10 says that wisdom is like a voice in the street that's calling out to you. Um, the voice in the street that's calling out to you. And what it's doing is it is it, what, what the proverb writer is saying is that wisdom is already everywhere all the time and it's always shouting in the streets the problem is guess what the problem is Can, it's it, most of us think it's like i'm trying to get wisdom I'm, please god give me wisdom please god give me wisdom yeah how many have ever prayed for wisdom like how did god give me wisdom right and you know what the funniest thing is it's in the streets shouting at your face and you're going, where's the wisdom? I can't hear it. God, where's the wisdom? It's like me looking in the fridge for something. You know, Patty says it's in the fridge on the top shelf and I'm looking around, I can't find it. It's because it's right in front of my face. That's the joke that we have is like, hide something. If you wanna hide something from, from me, hide it right in plain sight, right? Right in front of my face. Um, because our temptation is to seek wisdom that is outside of us. Again, think of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's something that is outside, something that I must reach for that's beyond me, instead of something that's right present. It's in the streets calling out all the time. But here's the reason why we don't see it. Because guess how wisdom is incarnated? We love wisdom when we feel like it just came descended from God, right? I hear this, I heard this this week. People going, I'm listening to God, I'm hearing from God. It's been wonderful, God speaking to me. And, oh, and, and I, yeah, amen, that's awesome, wonderful. But then I'm trying to give them a little counseling because they're asking for it and they're rebuffing it. I'm like, okay, well, there you go. You've got the God that's in your head that you like, but the God that's incarnate in the flesh that lives in your same home or lives in your community is the one that we don't listen to. Why? Because it has flesh and blood to it. But that's the deepest, one of the deepest theologies is that God has become flesh and lives among us. So, well, yeah, the historical Christ did. Oh, is that it then? God just had Jesus, the incarnate God, for three years on planet Earth and then removed him 
No, God is in the flesh right here, present in this moment. Wisdom is calling out to you on the streets. It's always there, but the difficulty is that it comes in packages that are sometimes really difficult for us. I would say probably almost always. It's very difficult because it comes in packages that are really uncomfortable sometimes for us. And yet, that's where the greatest growth takes place. So where is wisdom found? It is found everywhere. But the problem isn't that, there, that wisdom isn't clear or loud or available, but it's that my seeing and hearing is limited. And I have chosen to only hear God in one form, the way I like it. And I used to love it when I'd go to church and there was somebody who I revered and I loved and I admired who would come over and say, Joel, I just have a word from God for you. I'd go, ooh, goosebumps. Here we go. And it was something that I really loved to hear, right? Those are kind of, oh man, God's got a calling on your life, Joel. God's going to raise you up. You're going to be a voice for the many, blah, blah, blah. Oh, bring it. And then I come home and I'm flying on cloud nine, you know? And then my wife says, yeah, you got to do the dishes. And I'm like, oh, you know, so it, it's, it's the funniest thing how that works is that all the stuff that we love, we have a certain way of, we want to hear God in this way, the way I love it, the way I like it. But when it comes to us in a way that we don't, our capacity to receive wisdom suddenly is stopped short. So I would say, if we want greater wisdom, we got to open up our capacity to receive it, right? We got to go wider. We got to say, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable. But guess what? It's going to be enriching. You're going to have more wisdom than you know what to do with if you expand your capacity to receive it. That's the good news. Um, so where is wisdom found? Well, wisdom is everywhere. How do we attain it? How do we actually take it in? Uh, there are certain people that love Jesus. Oh, man, they love to follow him in his day. There are the crowds that, like, they loved how glory, you know, his glory, like he had crowds following. Ooh, I want to be like that. And so they would say, Hey, um, Jesus, can we, can we follow? Can we be part of your gang? And his response was kind of frustrating to people because he would say things like, well, birds of the year have nests. Foxes have holes in the ground, but the son of man, me, the human one, I love how he does that. The son of man literally means the human one. See what he's doing there? <laughs> it's so clever. It's so fantastically clever. It's like, you're looking, you think it's like glorious because it's God. It's like this, I'm human. I'm really human. I need sleep. And guess what? I have no place to sleep. What is he doing? He's saying, if you want wisdom, it's not just about what you see as glorious and as wonderful, the thing you want to attain, someone's life that you see that they're living and you think, oh man, I wish I had that life right? The social media kind of life that's really highly edited. Or I wish I had, you know, or actually people who do have a good life and you begin to envy that and wish you had that. And, oh man, I'd love to have what they have. But do you know what they went through to get there? And are you willing to walk that same path? And that's the reason why Jesus would say to his followers, like, oh, you want to sit. Two of them wanted to sit at his right hand, you know, when he entered into his glory. And he says, oh, you do, do you? <laughs> can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? In other words, can you suffer like I have? I'm going to suffer. Say, so, well, I don't, this doesn't sound good. You know, and they said, sure, we can do it. We can do it. We can suck it up just to get that. It's like, yeah, you don't understand. That is the path to wisdom. It is through this way of living that I'm living. 
And that will give you that wisdom and that glory and the thing that you seek, the greatest freedom you could ever experience. So, <clears throat> so the wisdom, the way it's attained is, yeah, there's something you may like, but now how do you begin to enter in? How do you enter into that and begin to walk it out? Well, it takes, it takes mimicking. It takes actually saying, okay, I'm going to choose to listen to the wisdom that is here. But it's more than just imitating someone else's life. It's actually mimicking doesn't mean do what they do. It means do as they did in your own life. Meaning they lived their life and followed their path in the way that was in line with their true calling, their true makeup, the way they are designed. That's how they did it. If you want to have the same outcomes, meaning the life that they, a life that's full of freedom, that's full of joy, that's full of peace. If you want that kind of life, well, then you have to live your life in that way as well. You have to discover what is it that I'm to do? What is my calling? What is my purpose? What is my path? And so that's what wisdom invites you to, is to that deeper, that deeper path, that deeper journey. And so this is the way that wisdom is attained. So first, it's understand that the fear of the Lord means number one, that we approach life with humility, that we don't know everything, that there's a lot that we need to learn and gain in this world, but it doesn't prevent us from moving forward. And secondly, <clears throat> is that there are consequences. And so because of that, we don't live in fear of the consequences. We don't even live in shame about the consequences. We begin to move forward knowing that I can change this. And that's what wisdom is offering us is you can change. You can actually grow. You can have a transformed life. Um, and the way you attain it is it's already present all around you. You do not have to go somewhere really far away. You don't have to listen to a televangelist on TV. You don't have to go, you know, everywhere outside of your immediate circle. Sometimes you do. Sometimes your immediate circle is actually really not helpful to you. <laughs> That's true too, <clears throat> right? But it is not something that is way beyond you. It's something that is present right here, that God is always shouting out, as the wisdom writer is saying. God is always, wisdom is always shouting out to you in the streets. This is the path. This is the way, right? And, <clears throat> and so we do that. We begin to listen to it. And the way we begin to move forward in it is by, <clears throat> okay, there's some changes that I'm going to have to make in my life. It's funny how we want <clears throat> this to change. I, we do this in, in coaching a lot. It's like, we want this and this to change. We don't want the actions necessarily to change. <laughs> That's where it's kind of stopped short. It's like, ooh, insight, ooh, ooh, insight, ooh, I love insight, right? Who doesn't like insight? Who doesn't like inspiration, right? But it goes from information to inspiration and then to transformation, and transformation is physical. It's like you start living differently, right? And then the results are different uh, for you. And so think about your life right now. And some things that you know, like, yeah, there's some consequences to things I'm doing and I can see it, right? Who doesn't, who doesn't have that? <laughs> it's like, I, I could name them real quickly to you right now in my own life. Like, oh yeah, I'm paying the consequence for this, for this, for this. So there's some of those things that we see and we do that with laughter. The reason why we laugh around that, we take it lightly is because <clears throat> we need the grace of God in our lives. We need to be able to receive that grace that all is okay right now. And you can begin fresh this moment. Every day, every moment, you can begin fresh. 
Focus is not on what I didn't accomplish. That's a lot of times how we think we need to change is by focusing on what's wrong. I've recently said that people define good as the sum of all the things I didn't do bad. <laughs> and that's really, an, that's really funny that we have that as a definition in this country. Like, really? Like, how about, how about the definition is I've, I've done something to contribute to move things forward. It's like the best thing I didn't, did, did this week is I didn't add to the darkness in this world. Instead of the best thing I did is I actually contributed some light. Right? So what's your light? What's your light in the world? You know, you learn this in Sunday school, right? As kids, like this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, you like, like there's such profound wisdom to that. Like, yes, <laughs> but what is your light to shine in the darkness rather than I didn't do anything bad this week. I'm feeling good. So wisdom is not so much I, there's something I didn't do that I need to do, but in what way are the consequences showing me that my current trajectory is not aiming my life in the direction that is mine, the way that I really want to live, the light that is mine to contribute to the world. So ask yourself in this moment, what is the light that is mine to contribute? to the world. Wisdom is often paralleled with light in the scriptures. What is my wisdom? What is my light? What is it that I'm to give to the world? And if that is, if I know what that is, then are my behaviors lining up with moving towards that goal? And in whatever way that is or isn't happening, Grace, okay, I'm gonna move forward towards this little by little, step by step, because I'm listening to wisdom that is all around me. And oftentimes it's the people around you that kind of point out your glory as well, the light as well as your darkness, right? The people that are closest to you are the ones that are gonna often point out your light and your darkness. You know, hey, you're better than that. Hey, you know, I've seen you, in this version of you and your glory and it's wonderful and i need more of that in my life now if you have those kinds of friends you're blessed because they don't always exist right most of the time the kinds that surround us are the ones that go hey that really is annoying hey stop doing that hey that's you know it's it's generally that but even from that we learn so very much if we're able to hear the wisdom that is present to us and so with that I'm going to transfer it over to Jim, but being um, in that space this morning of paying attention to that inside you. What is my light? Ask yourself that question. What is my light? In what ways is my life moving me towards that more and more or away from it? And how can I begin to move from insight, information, inspiration into the physical transformation?